Alrighty, and welcome back to another phenomenal episode of Haunted Horrors. <laughs> you know, okay, what was weird was on the way here, um, my the miles on my car, 196,660, so 666 popped up. Perfect. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> oh my um, god, I'm gonna crash on the way to this Warren episode recording. Yeah. This well, spoopy. 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 <laughs> All right, so as she kind of mentioned, we are going to be talking about the famous demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited now. It's weird because I used to watch um, Paranormal State with mm-hmm. Ryan Buell, and they would have Lorraine Warren on all the time. And I didn't realize that she was like part of a bigger thing until many years later. Really? Yeah, I just thought she was like a good, well-known psychic. Like, she is, but she's, it's way more than that. Oh, absolutely. All right, so you have some history background on the Warrens for us, right? I do. So, for over 50 years, the Warrens, uh, well, depending on who you ask, um, either battled evil spirits or took advantage of vulnerable people. Or both. Or both, yeah. I'm thinking maybe a little bit of both, but I don't know. Haven't decided. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Confirm our own conclusions. So Ed and Lorraine Warren were American paranormal investigators associated with um, several huge, very prominent, um, if not the most famous cases of paranormal hauntings. Um, Ed was a self-professed demonologist, like you said, Mm -hmm. and Lorraine claimed to be a clairvoyant. Clairvoyant? Is that how you say it? Clairvoyant, I think? Yeah, clairvoyant. It's a funny word. I kind of like how it... Do you know, like, when you write words and you like how they feel when you write them? That was one of those words. Don't look at me like I, that. I've never experienced Shut that up. in my life. So she claimed to be a clairvoyant and a light trance medium, which meant she could communicate with spirits while in, like, a trance-like state. I said like too many times in that sentence. I was too distracted by but, your lashes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I know. They're starting to, like, piss me off. Like, just really uh, annoying? Yeah, they're annoying. Um, Anyways, so together, (laughs) the couple investigated over 10,000 cases of paranormal activity and wrote many books about the paranormal and what they had experienced during their investigations. Um, Cases of hauntings popularized by the Warrens have been adopted as... Adopted? Adapted as... (laughs) Um, I was just waiting to see if, like, you actually meant adopted before I corrected you. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. I know okay. stuff sometimes. I'll correct myself. Okay. I usually know when I'm wrong, I right? believe in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of their hauntings that they've investigated have been adapted as dozens of films <laughs> and TV shows. Um, Oof, nice punch on that word. <laughs> yeah. Including seven films in the Conjuring universe. And weren't there three Annabelle movies? Yes. Three? I've never seen any of the Annabelle yeah, movies. Annabelle, Annabelle, go, Annabelle returns, Annabelle goes home. Well, if she returns, hadn't she already gone home if she's returning? She returns Well, I think home? the goes home one was like a prequel to the first Annabelle, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen them in so long. Terrible. I really just Terrible wanna, lineup. <clears throat> I really just want to watch all of those. Like, those are kind of like the um, Marvel Universe ones where they were all made, but released in different 
in a different order than like if you actually watch them in the correct order. Yeah. Like with The Conjuring, The Nun, Annabelle, all those same universe, same story, just released different times and. Yeah. Tell the story. Hmm. I watched The Nun. I did see. I that. haven't seen that one. It's not very good. Oh. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all jump scares and stuff. It's not very. It's not truly suspenseful. Oh. So. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Anyways, so Ed, Edward, Warren Miney, was born on September seventh. I'm sorry. What was the, what? Edward Warren Miney. Miney. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's what I found. I don't. Maybe they just went by the Warrens. I don't know. But he was born on September 7th in 1926 in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and his future wife, Lorraine Rita Moran, was, it's kind of like moron, (laughs) Um, was born on January 21st, 1927, also in Bridgeport. Uh, Lorraine and Ed met when Lorraine was 16. Ed was an usher at the Colonial Theater in Bridgeport, and Lorraine went there with her mother weekly and eventually they just started dating um ed eventually was off fighting in world war ii but when he was home on leave in 1945 the couple got married oh it's cute so they stayed together until ed died he was like 79 he died in 2006 i think yeah August 23rd, 2006. He was 79 years old. Was it just of old age? Yeah, I think so. But, whatever. Does it make me feel... Does it make me a bad person if I'm upset that it wasn't over something spooky related? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just let the old man be. He did his time in the... He did. In the paranormal world. <laughs> oh. The dog is whining in the living room. Oh, hello. Oh. All right. Well, anyways, Ed's um, original intent was to be a painter, like an artist painter, not like a house painter or anything. Oh. Just to clarify. Okay, thank you, because my brain actually first went to house painter. Yeah, like, oh, mine that's too weird. when I read that, and I was like, oh, what? <clears throat> um, he had even gone to school for art briefly, but quickly decided that the instructors were teaching him a lot of geometry and nonsense that wasn't needed for painting. So just, like, he felt like he was getting his creativity blocked off kind of thing. Sounds Which, like me when I went to school for theater. Why did I have to take chemistry? How is that going to help me be a better actor? Right, how does that... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're going to be playing like a mad scientist and actually like mixing chemicals on stage right and if i was i would just do my research at that time because not like i remember all that years down the road (laughs) yeah um so he decided that he would mix painting with his other passion which was ghosts and hauntings beautiful yes um and he always believed he grew up in a haunted house he claimed to have experienced an old woman floating inside a mysterious globe when he was a kid in his house. So that seems weird. You mean like Linda in Wizard of Oz? Yes. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so <laughs> when he would hear rumors about a haunted house, he would go to that house and paint it. Not paint the house again. He would paint 
a picture of the house. Again, brain went to actually painting the house. I'm like, right. oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it's spooky. Let me just go paint the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Bring new life into this. Inspired by the ghost. Um, so he would usually um, take Lorraine with him when he would give the homeowners the painting. And often the homeowners would invite them both in and give them like a full tour of the house and show them and explain all of like the weird spooky stuff that happened there. So that kind of really sparked their interest even further into the paranormal world. Is that all it takes? Well, I just need to be a better artist and then just yeah. go <laughs> draw spooky places and then get invited inside for I guess. tea and coffee with the ghosts. Hello. <laughs> um, so eventually these tours led to the Warrens making a more organized effort to do full haunting investigations. Um, and then eventually that led them to opening up the New England Society for Psychic Research, known as NESPER, uh, in 1952. And it is now the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Um, the couple were devout Catholics as well and heavily incorporated Catholicism in their investigations, which we'll probably touch on later. Ever so slightly. Yeah. So, um, let's just get into the famous investigations, right? There is the yeah. Annabelle. Um, the investigation that inspired Annabelle happened in 1968. Parent family haunting happened in 1971. And was in Harrisville, Rhode Island, and that that's the one that inspired the first Conjuring, right? Yes. Okay. And then there's Amityville, which we will talk about, um, and then Enfield Poltergeist in 1977, and that one inspired The Conjuring 2. Yes. So, did you get the one <clears throat> um, about the werewolf? I did. <laughs> okay. I got that one, too. So, I didn't make note on that one, though, because I already had, like, four other stories I was hitting on. I was like, oh, this is going to be a really long episode if I hit on every <laughs> single thing I find. Well, you're going to break these up, right? Yes. Um, I'm actually considering making this into a little mini-series of Ed and Lorraine Warren and all their different investigations and such. Like their most <clears throat> famous ones? Yep. Digging deep to all the details. Even some of the stuff. ones that aren't too well-known. Yeah. All right. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah, if we get enough listens on this one, maybe we'll branch out a bit with it. Yeah. So listen. Listen, they're share. They're already listening. You're right. If we, <laughs> we're demanding that they listen, but they're already listening. Have your friends listen. Please share. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you a thank you card in the mail. Even though I don't know who's all listening and who's not listening. Oh, if but... someone wants to send their address, then... Yeah. You know, get we'll, stalked. We'll, <laughs> send me your info. Email me your info. Social security number, bank account, routing number, all that stuff. Because who knows, <laughs> if this becomes a popular enough podcast, we'll have merch. That'll yeah. be like years down the road at that point. But... 20 years later. <laughs> 50 years old, just, okay, get my merch. <laughs> Merch is out now. No one buys it from anywhere. <laughs> Oof. It's fine. Um, did you have anything else on history stuff? 
Um, I do have a little something about after all their investigations, but I think we should probably save that to the end, right? Yeah, we can do that. Um, Before we get into all the paranormal stuff, I'm going to touch a little bit on their occult museum that they opened Mm. up. Mm -hmm. Um, Their occult museum opened in 1952. Um, where Ed and Lorraine, whenever they went out to different situations or people would call them, um, they would collect little knickknacks and artifacts from each of their investigations that have been touched by evil. Oh. And in their a little museum was kept in their basement. Yeah, that's uh, scary. I yeah. wouldn't want all that evil shit in my house, let alone anywhere on my property. Like, worst case, I'd be like, yeah, here's a million acres of land in this weird barn way off to the side that's not in, in eyesight. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I couldn't live in a house with all that shit. Um, but they actually bought, like, things from Halloween stores and stuff to decorate just for the mood. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Um, but their occult museum, their biggest, like, centerpiece of the museum, of course, is the Annabelle doll Mm -hmm. locked up, which we will touch on that after the break. Um, they have a bunch of other different items in there, too, like a coffin that the Warrens claimed was used by a modern-day vampire. Oh. Um, a brick from... Yeah, my my spelling is correct. <laughs> From Borley Rectory, which is considered the most haunted house in England, All that right. burned down. Okay, well, I'm glad it burned down. Right. If it's the, considered the most haunted, then it's probably a good thing it's not still up. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then a shadow doll, along with just a bunch of other knickknacks and stuff, like a music box, a monkey that has like an accordion... Which also, if you watch, like, I think it's The Conjuring 2 or the most recent Annabelle, they actually spend filming more time in that little museum thing mm. on on camera. So you see a lot more a lot of, of the yeah, even though a lot of the artifacts on that, because that was more so just all set mm-hmm. um they actually went did the study took photos at the actual museum and set it up as close as possible to it but i think in the film it was like a separate room versus a basement yeah um but this museum unfortunately is no longer open oh because they're dead <laughs> yeah because after ed died in 2006 they closed it and then nope i'm sorry um it was in 2018, it closed. Because um, mm-hmm. after Ed died, their son and Lorraine kept it open, kept it going. Yeah. And then they closed it due to a zoning issue or something like that, that they were going to try and relocate it. But then Lorraine died in yeah. 2019, I believe it was. Yeah, April 18th of 2019. She was 92 years old. That's an old woman. <laughs> Especially my, my grandparents were about in their 90s early really? mid 90s when they died yeah 
Huh. Everyone that I know pretty much died at, like, 60. So. I mean, to me, they were always 75 because I just kept forgetting their age. So I'm like, you're 75. <laughs> they were 75 for, like, a good 20 years. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they enjoyed hearing that, though, so. I'm, I would too. <laughs> um, but there are special events held at that museum where they will open it and give small tours. Um, but you can also purchase or rent a video tour of the collection, which is kind of cool. Hmm. All right. There is one like very popular story about the museum where this one couple toured it, and the guy like. Uh, he mocked the Annabelle doll by like tapping on the glass of the little the case, or case that it was in. And the Warrens actually asked them to leave mm-hmm. because they were just being very rude and everything. So on their ride back home, they were laughing and joking about the doll when the guy lost control of their motorcycle and crashed head on into a tree. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he died, but she survived. Hmm. So a lot of people, it was like a huge question of, oh, was it like the spirit that like caused his death because he was being an ass or stupidity? (laughs) It just, it's the Warrens that cut the brake lines. (laughs) This is what you get for making fun of our museum. Right? (laughs) Um, but apparently they also soaked, just a small side note, they smoked that, smoked, soaked the Annabelle doll in holy water before putting it in the case. Huh. The first time. See, there's that Catholicism I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we will take a short break, and then when we come back, we will talk about some of their most famous paranormal cases. Yeah. You you don't sound too sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I'm scared. I'm very scary of that. But you're excited. Yeah. And hey, at least this time you don't have to pee really bad. Yeah, that's like that a last plus. episode. <laughs> I peed before I came here, so. I'm so proud of you. I should be empty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will see you after the short break. Yeah. Okay, we're done with that. (laughs) All right. Thanks for sticking with us through that short break. (laughs) Wow, that was a mess. Yeah. I had to... He had to restart. I had to restart that second part. I sounded sounded very drunk. (laughs) That's awesome. Which I haven't had a drop of alcohol in like a week. Oh, congratulations. I know. What step are you on? (laughs) Get it, AA? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm not really an alcoholic. Okay. I just joke about it. Okay. That's the first step to being an alcoholic. That's the first step to having a 12-step program. If I was an alcoholic, though, I'd be drunk right now. No. I would have had alcohol by now. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways. Tell me about the warrants. I'm not an alcoholic, and let's talk about spooky things. (laughs) Not alcoholism. (laughs) He's an alcoholic. Fight me. (laughs) I fucking will. (laughs) 
Okay. So. Anyways. The very first one. The Perrin Family Haunting. Okay. That with, was the one that... That was for The Conjuring. Yes. The, the first Conjuring. For the storyline of The Conjuring film of, in 2013. Uh-huh. Um, a couple by the name of Roger and Carolyn Perrin... And their five young daughters moved into their new 200-acre home in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Five daughters? That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of... That's, a, that's too much. That's too much that's estrogen too much, in a house. Honestly, though. <laughs> poor Roger. Oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully at least got, like, a male dog at some point. <laughs> Imagine all those girls being around the same age and then starting to go through puberty at the same time. Ugh, they all sync up on their menstrual yeah. cycles. <laughs> Plus Ew. with their mom. Just all six oh, of them. God. And he just has to hide away for a month. He just has to... <laughs> Yikes. Anyways, so this house was originally... originally why can I not talk today? Because you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Listen. I just like having a good time sometimes. <laughs> um, this house was originally built in 1736. And was originally owned by... Bathsheba Thayer and her four children. Also four daughters or what? <laughs> I don't know. But three of them died young. Oh, wonderful. Okay. No, not wonderful. Right. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was sarcastic. Ugh. But due to the deaths of the children, she was ostracized by the community and labeled as a Satanist. Oh, because her kids died? Yes. Well, how'd they die? Does it ever say? I didn't dig that far into it because we'll save that kind of information for oh. the series when we go more in depth with this. Mm, okay. Um, but she allegedly hanged herself in her backyard. Oh, sweet. Which is why in like the movie poster for The Conjuring, there's that tree with the rope. Oh, see, I didn't look at the poster ever. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> moving <Just> scary <laughs> okay if just look at it during the day then because you're fine it's with looking at scary, scary things during the day everything's scary i'm scary of it <laughs> <laughs> okay but the good side of this whole thing there's a good side <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the parents did experience numerous pleasant interactions with the ghosts and spirits hmm. like the spirits would play with the children keep them occupied Help with the chores. <laughs> what? They'd help with the chores? Yeah. How's that work? I, I don't know. Oh, is that for the series? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, you didn't comment like I thought. That's where I had the Kelsey Includes commentary. Because I was like, I, I assumed for some reason you were going to say, oh, I wish I had ghosts help with my chores. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> See, you... You did my own commentary. You're welcome. All Not right. only I could sound more like you, and then it would just be perfect. I'll work on that imitation. You already sound annoying like me, so. And I am annoying like you, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's uh, that's the biggest part. Yeah, um, but there were also many dark encounters. Dun dun dun. Like disembodied voices. Gross. Furniture moving on its own. Okay. And full spectral appearances. For some reason, <laughs> how is that funny? That for some reason, I thought you were gonna say full frontal. <laughs> full <laughs> furniture moving on its own in full frontal nudity. <laughs> full frontal ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! 
So if they turned around, you saw nothing. <laughs> no backs. Oh, no booty. <laughs> <laughs> like some people in the world who are, who are flat as a board. No booty. <laughs> oh, wow. I was going to say, yeah, full frontal ghosts are the most terrible experience you could have. It's very dark. You are, I mean, unless they're attractive. Oh, let's just read the thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but Carolyn was one of Thayer's biggest targets. Mm. Um, supposedly, she was jealous of her role as a mother and wife. Oh, sure. So, well, yeah, if three of your four kids die and then this other bitch has five that live. <laughs> <laughs> I would be jealous, too. Right. Um, but supposedly, she got pinched and slapped a lot. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no. I feel bad that we're laughing about this. Me as a ghost. <laughs> just pinch. Not even. Pinch. Be- boom, boom. I mean, maybe to Sean, not to, to anyone, anyone else. I would do it to anyone. If I'm a ghost, I don't give You wouldn't fuck. even fight me at work. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a ghost. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I will call the Warrens and have them get rid of you. They're dead. You're right. <laughs> I will seance call them no. to get rid of you. No. Like, this bitch is bothering me. Get it out of here. <laughs> um, poor Roger um, oh, also man. supposedly got touched inappropriately several times by this ghost. See, full circle with the full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in I na- want a sound bite of that. Full circle with the full frontal. <laughs> what a, what a so text notification. <laughs> Goes off middle of work. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but back in 1974, the Warrens were brought onto the property, but their presence aggravated the spirits so bad that things got a lot worse to where they eventually asked them to leave. Ooh. Like, they asked the Warrens to get out and go away. Oh, no, honey. <laughs> Making our lives worse. Get out. <laughs> you don't do that. They're the ones that can help you. So yeah. what happened after they left? Tune into future episodes. Or watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or watch the movie. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, because we'll do another future episode where, we'll, where we will. Hello. Hi. It's that alcohol, I'm telling you. Nuh-uh. You drank so much last week, you're still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, then I've become a very good driver. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll touch more in depth on that in a future episode. So... Listen up. Let's get enough listens to where... It's worthwhile to yeah. dig in. I mean, because a lot of this stuff is super interesting, too, once you get more into the nitty-gritty stuff of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, a lot of this is just going to be touching base on all this, because there is so... Like we see in every episode... There's so much So much that it. you can just keep... Spending just days. go right down the rabbit hole. So far, you're into the dark web. Mm-hmm. What do you should do an episode on? The, the dark, dark web. web? Yeah. I actually, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a great idea. Well, you, make, can, yeah. uh, you can buy Hitman services on the dark web. And I have considered. Oh. <laughs> I was actually just talking about that last night. Chloe and I were fake plotting murders. <laughs> Like, obviously, we're never going to do them, but I hope it might not. be nice. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. So, let's talk about everyone's favorite doll. 
uh, and, everyone's least favorite doll. Yes, not Barbie, so it's <laughs> Annabelle. Girl. Oh, okay. Glad you're All a Barbie right. girl. So, <laughs> her so, case was in 1968, wasn't it? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. Um, which was the storyline for 2014 movie Annabelle and that little trilogy going on. Hmm. Hmm. Three <clears throat> movies about a porcelain doll. The porcelain doll's only to make it more creepy. Yeah. It was actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Just a giant one. Oh. Oh, my mom loved Raggedy Ann dolls. I wonder if anyone were possessed. Mm. Um, but a Raggedy Ann doll was purchased at an antique store... And given to the buyer's daughter named Donna. Alright, Donna. What you got? Her and her roommate Angie quickly began noticing odd occurrences involving the doll. Okay, like what? Including changing of positions or rooms a lot. Okay. Um, and then they claimed that she would come, they, that they would come home to find penciled messages written in childlike writing on parchment paper. The messages read, help us and help Lou. Help Lou? Who the fuck is Lou? <laughs> I have an Uncle Lou. <laughs> yes, please help him. <laughs> help my Uncle Lou. <laughs> um, Lou was actually Donna's roommate, Angie's fiance, who has been who was staying with them. Okay. So that's what did he where Lou comes with? in. Well, Lou, I mean, Annabelle took a particular aim at Lou. Mm. He thought it was cute. Uh, I don't know. If you want to take this next note as thinking is that it's attraction, then okay. Because he woke up, he's woken up frozen in bed as a doll crawled up his body and strangled him. Oh. Well, to some people that's attractive. <laughs> some people are kinky like that, I mean. Yikes, continue. <laughs> he has also claimed that he's entered a, a dark room that the doll was in and he felt something attack him. When he turned on the lights, he found bloody scratches on him and the doll on the floor. Oh. Like Andy's coming doll on the floor? No. Toy Story. No. Andy's coming. <laughs> oh, that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except there wasn't blood on any of Andy's toys. True. Alright. Well, that's weird. Why Lou, though? Was he a bad guy? Or was he? I don't know. Maybe we can dig into that. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Series. Mm. Um, but the roommates sought out a medium who explained that she believed it was a seven-year-old girl named Annabelle Higgins who died on the land that the apartment stood. Huh. Interesting. And then the Warrens later got involved. <clears throat> oh, going a back. A seven-year-old girl is going to strangle a full-grown-ass man, though? Yes. For what purpose? I don't know, maybe she died by rape or something. I don't know. So she hates men. That was very dark. That, yeah, I got dark real fast. (laughs) What did the Warrens do? Um, backtracking for like two seconds. Yeah. Um, because they realized it was like a seven-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. they like basically gave it permission to live in the doll. Oh. Which you never want to do regardless of what the spirit right. says it is, because you never know. Right. But then the Warrens later got involved, and they determined that it wasn't a seven-year-old girl. 
but it was a demonic presence. That would make more sense if it's trying to kill people. Exactly. Um, they performed a blessing in the residence before they took the doll out of their off their hands. Mm-hmm. And now the doll is the permanent and prominent fixture at that museum. Yeah. Huh. They, they even, like, have it backlit in spooky red lights. Oh, I don't think it needs all <clears> that. <throat> I think it's scary as fuck on its own. <laughs> you, you are correct. Um, and then the next one I have is the trial of Ar- Arnie. We're going to go with Arnie. Okay. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. All right, I didn't hear anything about this. I don't, I don't know what this is. This is a male, also. Well, you don't say. <laughs> well, Cheyenne could throw off gender there at that point. It's twenty twenty. There are no genders anymore. Um, this was nineteen eighty one. Anyways, um, the Warrens were brought into this case to t- uh this trial case to testify on behalf of Arnie Johnson. Which was the first known case in the U- in the U.S. to use the devil made me do it as a defense. Oh. Huh. Paved the way for all later psychos. Just like, oh, the devil made me do it. Oh, really? Get off scot-free. You're fine. <laughs> right? They, oh, the devil, it's fine. Moving on. Um, on the evening of February 16th, 1981, 19-year-old Arnie Johnson, who was engaged to Debbie Glatzel... They were out to dinner with each other, their landlord, and a few others when Johnson stabbed their landlord several times using a pocket knife. What? Okay. He didn't want to pay his rent or what? (laughs) I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Well, the devil made him do it, so I mean. All right. Uh, He would plead not guilty by possession, which was a defense founded by his fiance's younger brother, David. Okay, keep it in the family. Exactly. Um, back in the summer of 1980, David woke up to what he described as a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal-like features, and jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hooves. I don't like that. Which, that description mirrors the creature from the film Insidious. I don't like that. <laughs> like that at all um untell me that (laughs) i can't untell you something you just have to forget it (laughs) okay i guess tell me more (laughs) okay um that scared david so much that debbie turned to arnie for help and he couldn't find a reasonable explanation for david's bruises or scratches so they sought out help from a priest Mm mm-hmm Okay, good choice. Bringing the priest in really pissed off the entity. Right. Causing it to make David hiss, speak in multiple voices, and quote, Paradise Lost. Oh. Which I actually had to look up what Paradise yeah, Lost was because it just question. sounds like a TV show. It so does. I was confused. Um, Paradise Lost is actually a poem book that concerns the biblical story of the fall of man, the temptation of Adam and Eve and uh, by the fallen angel Satan and their expulsion from the Garden of Eden. Um, the author 
Milton, his purpose stated in the first book is to justify the ways of God to men. You don't like a lot of this stuff, but here you are every episode. Yeah, I don't, I can't stop myself. You do this to yourself. <laughs> so you, some part of you enjoys this. Yeah, well. Um, during an interview with People Magazine, Lorraine stated, quote, While Ed interviewed the boy, I saw a black, misty form next to him, which told me we were dealing with something of a negative nature. Mm-hmm. Soon the child was complaining that the invisible, that the invisible hands were choking him, and there were red marks on him. He said that he had the feeling of being hit, unquote. Oof. I don't like that. So they, <laughs> the Warrens brought in a bunch of different people to a bunch of different priests and just a lot of people involved with this, with yeah. this uh, expulsion of the demons. In total, more than 40 demons were removed from David. How do you count them? I don't know. How do you count them? Maybe That's... it's those multiple voices. Each voice was a different demon. Mm. I mean, it's not like you can just take a clicker and count every time one comes out. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it got... It was like a animated one, animated cartoon, where you just actually see the spirits <laughs> flying out. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately for... Arnie, he became the demon's new target. Mm. So some of them just kind of latched onto him. Yeah, you gotta be careful with those exorcisms. <laughs> uh, the defense didn't hold up in court, and he was found guilty of first-degree manslaughter, mm-hmm. serving out only five years of his initially longer sentence, which is n- nice on his part that it wasn't. Yeah. If that was the actual reason behind what right. the stabbing. <laughs> I'm telling you, motherfucker just didn't want to pay rent. Oh, absolutely not. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Blames on the devil. Big yeah. joke. Everyone makes thinks that makes the devil come off as this awful person. And really, he's just this really nice guy. He's just like, yo, why is everyone attacking me? Just hanging <laughs> what out. What did I do? I'm just, <laughs> just chilling here in my own little, my own little world. <laughs> That's funny. The underworld. <laughs> Underwear. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, those were the biggest ones I wanted to hit on this time. What about the werewolf? The werewolf one, I have to grab my paperwork for that one because I didn't type up the notes on that one. <laughs> um, also, the Amityville Horror, the Warrens were involved with that, right? Yes. That was like their biggest case. Oh yeah, I do have that one right there. Do you? I had that one typed up. Because I'm just stupid. Do you want to do that one too? Because I have something at the end for that. Yeah. Do you want to touch on the wolf one first, or do you want to do werewolf? The werewolf Werewolf. one's kind of cool. Um. So in 1991, the Warren's book Werewolf: A True Story of Possession was published, and the story centers around this guy, Bill Ramsey, um, who they called the South End Werewolf. Um, he was a working-class British guy who, in the 1980s, suddenly started turning into a wolf and biting people. Oh. <laughs> um, he bit, like, friends, uh, nurses, police officers. He was biting people. I don't know if they... I don't... 
I don't have, like, the full description if he, like, actually turned into a wolf or whatever. He didn't actually turn into a wolf from what I, my understanding. Yeah, um, he just behaved like one. Yeah, there was a lot more weirder backstory to that, too. Um, as a nine-year-old boy is when he had his first, like, experience with this. Oh, really? Because he grew up as a normal, happy child. But on one random day, um, he he suddenly began exhibiting inhuman qualities. Reportedly, while playing outside in his backyard, Ramsey felt a frigid cold overtake him, and his nostrils were overcome with an awful stench before he flew into a rage, uprooting a fence that was still attached oh. and gnawing on it on its wire meshing. Great. Well, but he he grew up normal. After that, I don't know. I don't know if he had any. That might be something more to dig into later, on another episode. But what I had for research on that didn't explain how long after that experience, if he had any anything else happened in between. In between that, yeah, because then he grew up, became a loving husband, father of three. And then incident free until 1960s. Yeah. So while the Warrens were in London on a book tour, they heard hello a story about him like on TV or on the news or mm-hmm. something. They heard something broadcasted about this guy. And so they were able to contact him and convince him to go back to Connecticut with them. And there, the Warrens and their partner in exorcism, (laughs) Bishop Robert McKenna, discovered that Ramsey wasn't a werewolf or anything like that, but he was possessed by a spirit that made him act like a wolf. After the exorcism, it looks like his case was fixed, and uh, it's been reported that he hasn't bitten anyone since 1992. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Also, the werewolf entity made an appearance in Annabelle as uh, the Hellhound, which... In the first one? I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. Oh, it didn't mention which Annabelle? No, it just said in Annabelle. All right, I will assume it's the first one. I have to go back and watch all those now. I just need to go have a movie weekend, just rent all these (laughs) films, and just try and find out online what order to watch them in, and then watch them in order. (sighs) All right. Let's touch base a bit on the Amityville horror case. Yeah. Um, this is arguably the most famous case that the Warrens have ever done. Mm-hmm. Involving the Lutz family. Which is weird because I have a director that has that last name. Spelled the same in everything. L-U-T-Z. Creepy. Ask I know. Him. Just be like, hey, uh, you know anything about this shit? <laughs> I know. I part of me was like, do I ask them... Probably not. Yeah, definitely do it. Just do it. They'll just be like, no, that's not true. I wonder how many times they've been asked that, by the way. Probably Hmm. not that much, I would say. Not everyone's crazy into this stuff like you are. It's cool (laughs) things. And all my listeners are into it also, so. Yeah, that's fair. Shut up. (laughs) Um, the Lutz family bought this house in a suburban Dutch colo- bought a suburban Dutch colonial house. Okay. <laughs> in Atneyville, Long Island, in 1975. 
uh, barely a year before they moved in, there was a mass murder in that house Ugh. by Ronald DeFerro, who brutal- brutally killed six members of his family. Gross. Why? Demon spirits. Stuff. Alright. Shit like that. Um, the Lutz family only lived there for a total of 28 days. Makes sense. Okay. Which I'm surprised they didn't leave sooner. Yeah. To be honest. They had reports of antagonistic voices, swarms of flies, welts, family members levitating, banging noises, and unseen entities. Oh, cool. That's... Fun. Full frontal. Full frontal. <laughs> Full frontal entities. Oh, no. Full frontal those titties. <laughs> hey, there's a quote for our merch t-shirts. Oh, full, no. Full frontal, like, en- oh. full frontal entities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta move on. We What's do. Um, <laughs> the Warrens eventually were called and sent to the house. They... Brought a TV crew with them. I don't know why. This yeah. one out of all the cases, this was the one they chose to bring a TV crew to. Well, probably it was the most intense. It could be. Could be. I don't know. Um, but Lorraine took photos of the place. And some of the photos included a boy with glowing eyes. All right. And then they upon the research, discovered that the land had curses on it. Hmm. That would make sense. Which I am kind of want, in my own time, delve into that whole, how do they know that curse, there were curses on it? Like, how right. do you just figure that out? Interesting. Uh, Lorraine did say in a 2013 interview that this case is one, is one that haunts her the most. Mm-hmm. And during a press conference... She actually quoted, quote, Amityville was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Uh, it followed us right straight across the country. I will never step foot in the Amityville house ever again, unquote. Yeah. Oof. Well, I think for the series, we could really dig into all of the oh, absolutely. details. I think there's a lot there. Because there, I know for a fact there's a lot more backstory to Ronald and his whole murder spree, too. So Yeah. Oof. Well, that's interesting, but even more interesting, I think, is that in 1979, William Weber, which I believe was Ronald's lawyer. Okay. He uh, claimed that he and the Lutzes, along with this guy named Jane Anson, invented the horror story after drinking too many bottles of wine. I don't hmm. know how you can I feel like I've heard about that. About yeah. that. The, mainly it was the wine situation. I was like, oh, how do you... Of course it's the wine situation that you pay attention to, you fucking alcoholic. I, equal, I even everything else because I drink a lot of water. That's not... No. <laughs> That's not how it works. It's a good diet. I've lost a lot of weight. (laughs) Um, I'm not an alcoholic, actually. She just likes giving me shit because she doesn't drink anything ever. Hey, I had a sip of wine once, okay? And you got (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Um, So, if you don't have anything else, I have a little 
tidbit. Yeah, I don't good. have anything else to touch on, at least for this, without getting more in-depth on things. All right, so in relation to William Weber saying that they just made up the entire Amityville horror story, um, in 1997, Steve Novella and Perry DeAngelis... Inve- <laughs> invest- I'm sorry, what was that last name? DeAngelis. Los Angeles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> DeAngelis... Um, they investigated the Warrens themselves for the New England Skeptical Society, Ness, which is also funny because it's like Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, that, and people I, are very it's funny skeptic that you of said, that it's too. Funny that you said that because that was when you said Ness. I was like Nessie. Nessie? <laughs> um, so Ness is a nonprofit educational organization dedicated to promoting science and reasoning alone. Um. They found that the Warrens' claims of demons and ghosts were, at best, tall tales. And um, they found common errors with flash photography, like the boy with glowing eyes Mm -hmm. was one they mentioned. They just said that was flash photography. Um, And then there were a couple other photos where they were like, yeah, this is just an effect of the camera. Okay, but they didn't have Photoshop back then. (laughs) So, like... Yeah. Even if it's, at least my thing is if it's fake, as far as the boy with glowing eyes as a flash, 99% of the time when you capture the flash on camera, mm-hmm. it's one giant orb looking thing, not two separate dots that look like eyes. Yeah. Well, have you ever taken a picture of a cat and it's just purely red glowing eyes? Yes. Yeah. It was kind of like that. Um... So they found a couple very questionable um, issues of the photography evidence that they um, had captured. And then they said that they have a lot of fish stories about evidence that got away. So you know how fishermen are always like, oh, I had one this fucking big and it was whatever, but I lost her at sea. And it was like that for the Warrens, but with evidence, uh-huh. apparently. Um So, essentially, these guys concluded that although the Warrens were a super nice couple and it didn't seem like they were intentionally trying to deceive anyone, um, because it seemed to them that they fully believed everything, Mm -hmm. um, they determined that they would go into investigations with predetermined conclusions. So, they would go in already deciding that it was a demon. Mm. Um, and that led to potential, um, reinforcing of delusions and, um, confusion about legitimate scientific methodology. All right. So, I don't know. There have been a lot of other critics like that who have come to similar conclusions, just like, well, the Warrens were really nice and they didn't mean to mislead people, but it was all bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I have mixed... I have mixed feelings about it myself. I think maybe they got in too deep and just everything was a demon after certain uh, cases or I don't know. I I don't know. I believe a good chunk of it. So yeah. like cuz I've had my own like spiritual encounters right. in my past. So that gives me at least full excuse to believe a lot of the stuff. Yeah. So Hmm. I don't know. Mixed feelings. Mixed feelings. Feelings mixed. Just 
Chex Mix. Puppy Chow. <laughs> There's a puppy in the living room. They eat puppy puppies. Chow. That's a different puppy chow. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta. All right, so check out our other future episodes that we're gonna do the mini series expanding more in depth on each individual thing. Yeah. Let us know on Twitter at haunted underscore horrors Mm -hmm. about any future topics you want to hear us discuss and bicker about yep (laughs) and especially anyone in related relation to the warrens that you really want us to put to the front of the line yeah also please share this because i want to be famous hello (laughs) (laughs) that's why you went to theater school (laughs) i went to theater school Uh, i want to be famous all right um, e- you can email us your address so we can send you fan mail. <laughs> a little, like, selfie autographed. Oh, no one wants that from us. You're right. Either one of us. You're right, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Also, send us your bank account information. Kelsey just wants that. I don't want that. Yeah. Just kidding, I have a lot of student loans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm poor. We should do, um, an episode for Idiots and Intellects of... About free college. That'll just piss me off the entire episode because <laughs> I had to pay so much money in loans that I'm gonna be paying till I die. Yeah. I'm gonna do that topic either way, with or without you. Okay. But, so I guess we're gonna I'll just come on for I'll just come on for commentary and be pissy the entire time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, catch us next time, where tomorrow... I believe we're actually releasing a second podcast on this channel Mm -hmm. where we will be talking about spooky night games to play. Uh, And we will have another fellow co-worker uh, who goes by multiple different names. Brian, Brandon, Brandon, Brandy, Brie, Brianna. Yeah, you don't call her a real name, though. (laughs) You don't, but other people do. Belinda. Belinda. And as long as it starts with a B. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's, she'll, she'll accept do whatever. it. Except Brenda, because that's my mom. Yeah. That one's already taken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch us next time. Bye.